Tracking sport across the southeast. Welcome back to another week's episode of Sports Beat Extra. It's been a great week for sport. The Premier League returned, racing is well underway, and contact training has been brought forward to the 29th. One man that knows all about contact training is Munster's Jack O'Donoghue, and I caught up with him at Tom Murphy Car Sales as the Red Army go back to group training next week. So Jack, uh, first of all, welcome home. Uh, you were saying that you don't get down to Waterford much, but uh, a good reason today you're picking up a new car here in Tom Murphy Motors. Yeah, I uh, just kind of got, came on board now with Tom Murphy Car Sales and picked up a new Mercedes, so I'm delighted to, to team up with them for the coming season and uh, delighted that they're able to keep me on the road. Um, I suppose there's always a bit of competition in the car park and you'll finally get to see now what the others have done in the meantime because you're back to training on Monday. Um, I'd say you're just delighted, are you? Yeah, I think just even getting back into the to the anywhere near team environment, having a bit of crack, you know, a bit of messing and stuff like that, I suppose. But um, look, the last 12 weeks has been quite tough because I suppose for everyone, like we've been training remotely and I suppose the motivation to, to get yourself up and, and, and kind of do horrible conditioning sessions and gym sessions on your own, that's something that I've never kind of had to deal with by maybe a week or so in your off season, but you always nearly still met up with someone. So getting back into small groups now on Monday and uh, really looking forward to it and, and I suppose probably not looking forward to the fitness test, but uh, yeah, it's going to be good anyway. I suppose the main thing is that it's just a bit of crack, a bit of banter. Like, is that what you missed most? I know you say that it's difficult with the training, but it's probably even more just the, the, the kind of sitting around having the crack before and afterwards. Yeah, I think it's kind of just the interaction with, with, with other people. Like, I suppose the, 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 the brilliant thing about Munster is a lot of us are really good friends. You know, we grew up playing either against each other and then with each other for Munster underage. So we, we, we build quite close friendships and I think when you haven't really seen lads for, for quite some time <laughs> it'd be like uh, seeing them maybe after about three months so it'll be exciting you know you'll see a few dodgy haircuts and a few quarantine haircuts I'm guilty of one myself but uh, it should be exciting now yeah, you're doing a reasonably good job of styling that. Is there a bar? Was there a barber at home? It seems like you got a bit of a fade down going down the side. Uh, well, there, there there wasn't much of a fade as opposed to Steph. My girlfriend, my girlfriend was cutting my hair with a beard trimmer. So, um, yeah, look, she I wouldn't let her near the top. So she's just been shaving the side. So that's kind of the three cuts in now. I think I'll try and hold off to the 20th of July or something like that now with this one. Yeah, I suppose it's just been like, what have you found the most? different thing or have you learned anything through this whole time as you say it's been well, almost four or five months now um, like do, do you think it's built, built your mental fortitude or do you just are you just saying I hope that never comes around again no I've actually probably been quite productive with, with my time um, I've certainly kind of done stuff that I probably never would have done in terms of maybe looking at my life after rugby in terms of applying for courses maybe looking into that and and the other thing I've had plenty of time for reflection so looking back on my my career and and things I, I probably haven't been honest with myself about but then also other stuff then that that I can probably kind of kick on with and, and it's just looking back at, at myself as a whole and 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 you're you certainly have plenty of time for reflection and and it, it that's probably one of the most motivating factors for when we get back and when we get back to games that you know there that there's still more in you and that you can still um, do better I suppose that's the thing because you know when you get to pre-season oftentimes by the time you finally go into your actual pre-season by yourself you know it's been so long since you've kind of had a competitive game whereas this you kind of came into it fresh off almost fresh off competitive action so it's really given you a chance to think about maybe technical aspects of your game that otherwise you kind of really wouldn't have that time to think about. 
I think you just need to uh, hit the nail on the head there in terms of like you, you probably relied on a lot of your strengths that got you into teams and you kind of just kept working on that where this probably gave us time to kind of look at your whole overall game and, and maybe develop some of your weaknesses to, to lessen the gap between your you know your strength and your weaknesses but it's um it's certainly a motivating factor anyway to, to, to get back and to, to get back into the swing of things. Yeah, big time. I suppose one of the good things, because this isn't the case in all sports, um, the consistency from the messaging from the IRFU has been reasonably clear. Um, like you, that interprovincial tournament now in the Aviva is the big one that you're all targeting. And I suppose the thing is you've had it on your radar for a while, so you've kind of been able to plan for it. Yeah, absolutely. But l like that, you can't really get too far ahead of yourself. Like th this was very much changing week to week. And I suppose the way they're easing us back into it, it's certainly, you know, we are easing on the side of caution. And I think that's the, the best thing for everyone, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's the health and safety of, of, of all individuals, you know, not just us rugby players, but um, people who you meet, you might bump into in the shop, doing the shopping, like the, it goes so much further than just the, the, the lads inside. How's the communication been from from the association? Um, not from the not from the union, but from from Munster Rugby itself. Like, um, have you have you just been constant contact? But what's the kind of rota, or what has been the rota of contact? Did they check in with you every day? Is it once a week, twice a week? What's what what, what have you been done? Um, yeah, I suppose like everyone else, we've adapted to to Zoom calls. Um, so we've actually held those. You know, we've held just forwards meetings, just backs meetings. Um, we've kind of broke down into that. Just it's just good to check up on on people and. and you know, see how they're getting on, and I think the one thing that I suppose Johan did quite well was he divided us up into into mini groups for quarantine, and you know, you were just you could keep in contact with them, and and when we were given a skill-based task at home, you were competing against other lads in the group and stuff like that, and it just kind of kept that competitive edge. But um, yeah, with the Zoom calls were were, were uh, there there a bit of crack, but it was quite tough when. You know, there's 60 lads trying to trying to slag something, <laughs> but uh, uh, no, it was grand, and we got a, got a bit of getting used to. But look, that's that that's going to be what we're going to be using going forward anyway for the preseason in terms of uh, holding team meetings and video sessions. Yeah, there's nothing worse than that that old Zoom meeting when you're trying to slag somebody off and then the other person doesn't hear it and there's a kind of awkward silence, especially with the 60 people waiting for the... Um, you were saying those skill-based sessions. I know um, Monster Rugby have those inflatable uh, games that you can play at home, but I presume what you're doing is a little bit more advanced than that. Yeah, in fairness, uh, we have uh, Mike and Steve Larkham are kind of putting together um, skill session for us and, and I, I think they kind of went out to the general public on um, on YouTube and stuff so they were quite interesting um, but it was just simple low level stuff just you know we use the shadow ball it's basically a rugby ball that's cut in half and you throw it off the wall and it comes back to you um, just about getting passing if you didn't have uh, some of the pass ball too I kind of one of the early weeks I was passing with my girlfriend and I hit her in the head with the ball, broke her sunglasses, that was the end of it. She wasn't she wasn't coming back out now to do any passing or anything like that, so I was just stuck to the shadow man shadow ball like up against the, the wall. But um yeah, it, it, we, we we were able to do little time trials, you know, incorporate footballs, tennis balls and stuff like that, try and do new skills like juggling with different size balls, just about ball transfer between our hands and it was uh, certainly it was tough at the start, but it was it was enjoyable. It kind of got a, a challenge going, and and certainly there was a bit of competitiveness amongst the squad anyway about who could do d d more balls than anyone else and stuff like that. So it was funny. 
Yeah, and I suppose that that's the thing. It's about trying to keep yourself active, uh, apart from dodging the, 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 the razor blades to the top of your head. Um, what else has Jack O'Donoghue been doing in lockdown? Have you been kind of been able to catch up with friends that you normally wouldn't? Because I suppose the thing is now, you say around this time you'd be finishing your season you'd, and you'd still very much be in it. So I suppose it's unusual to be able to see friends around April and May, isn't it? Yeah, um, I suppose one thing I did was I became a bit of a gardener, probably everyone inspired by Pete, Peter Romani. He's been going, um, probably taking up more of a consultancy role for, with half the squad like lads sending pictures what's this plant and he replying it's a weed like um, but yeah I put in a, like a little vegetable garden and stuff like that into my play into my back garden and I probably just became a better chef in general like you know my cooking skills have probably improved a lot I've been more adventurous in terms of what I was cooking because I had plenty of time yeah. Um, but yeah and then I suppose definitely one thing I think like everyone you know the zoom quizzes you know linked up with people that you probably hadn't spoken to in a couple of months and, and you should have maybe you saw them last time at Christmas time when they were home and it's probably just lessening the gap till, till the next time you see a man which was really fun and you know there was a lot of fun stories shared and, and you know you're, you have a beer you know while you're chatting away to them and the, the quizzes were a bit of a roast in that time but yeah they were, they were good crack. I was watching, I don't know, are you watching the Premier League stuff recently? Um, Pep Guardiola said to his players uh, before their opening game against Arsenal, which worked pretty well, not that Arsenal are a difficult team to beat at the moment, um, but uh, he said, you know, play like kids, like in front with the closed doors. He said, just enjoy it, enjoy it like you would in the back garden. There's nobody watching you, play without fear. Um, have you had a chance to talk about kind of the playing behind closed doors thing and how you're going to adapt to that? Because, you know, of all the provinces in, in the country, Munster's support is really what's got me over the line in a lot of games in the last two decades yeah look Munster sport has been incredible and I think I we won't fully understand what it's going to be like to play until we're actually there yeah we, we talked about it and, and, and how strange it it, it it will be but um, you know 60-70 minutes and, and you, you, you know you're, you're out on your feet and the, the roars and the chants start going at home park it's, it, it's energising and there's no doubt about that and whether they have the choir there, you know, singing on, on, on the microphones and stuff, I don't know how they're, how they're going to do it, but uh, look, it's going to be a challenge in itself, you know, and trying to, but I suppose that's something that we can, we can certainly train in training and start creating our own atmosphere and our own buzz, uh, like between the 15 lads that, that, that go onto the pitch. Yeah, they'll need to rob Declan Kidney's uh, track that he used over in Australia that time, I think, of the crowd. Um, I suppose, uh, moving towards now, this week, um, like, do you know who's in your training group already? Have you, no, you've not been told? No, no, I haven't been told. So we've, uh, we've a meeting on Friday now um, that's going to probably just lay out all, the, all our restrictions and, and the protocol stuff that we have to follow and, and adhere to um, in certain, like, hygiene and stuff like that in the gym and, and out in the pitch. So, um, yeah, we're still looking forward to it, you know, I suppose we haven't seen lads now in, in a couple of weeks because a few lads have have kind of gone thrown the phone away there for, for a few weeks and not responded but um, yeah look it's going to be extremely exciting come Friday now and, and then leading on to Monday and do you think it helps I suppose you said that a lot of lads are grew up together and Monsters just as a club is very close anyway all the staff get to know each other very well um, does that make it easier coming back that you know there's already kind of a, a camaraderie I, I presume a lot of people would have been in touch anyway over the you know this won't be the first time you'd have seen the, a lot of the lads I presume no and I suppose one thing it's it's just probably incredibly tough for, for the new signings coming in mm. not being able to integrate as, as well as they, they want to but you know look I think one of the good things about Munster is it certainly makes everyone feel at home and, and I've no doubt the four new lads coming in you know they'll, they'll fit right in and, and I'm really looking forward to, to 
meeting them and getting to know them and playing alongside them. Yeah, what what is the story like? Uh, have they? Uh, I presume they've been living in Limerick since. So have you been able to kind of meet up socially distantly in the meantime, or have they literally just been kind of by themselves since they arrived? Um, I suppose obviously when they arrived, they all had to do their two week quarantine. So I think Matt was the latest one to finish that. I think he just finished it yesterday. So hopefully, you know, he's he's one the the last ones to come out of it now. So he'll be. But um, yeah, I, I've, I've bumped into to RG and to Roman. I've, I've met him um, socially distanced. And uh, yeah, look, lovely fellas and really looking forward to, to getting to know the other Damien and Matt uh, a, bit, a bit more now and as the weeks go by. Um, I suppose finally, um, just for yourself and your own career, is it um, like, has it been frustrating that a kind of setback? Have you had to change your ambitions for the year? Or has it kind of given you a sense of I don't know perspective maybe on things just kind of the setback because I know that for yourself you know there's a kind of a real momentum building there it has been for a couple of years and this has kind of put a stop to it yeah I, I, I probably would have been quite frustrated initially that I had a lot created a lot of momentum going in got it back into the Six Nations squad was really going well um, really looking to secure a place starting 15 a Munster and then this kind of happens but I think that's still a motivating factor for me that I know that that's where I was and that's kind of the that's where I want to start off again and, and keep going you know um, looking back I think it's been three years since I was last cap for Ireland and that's certainly a massive driving ambition for me to get back there and to get another cap but also you know we, we have an opportunity potential opportunity to win a trophy um, with Munster and, and I think that has to be to be all and end all like you know to, to lift a trophy with Munster is certainly something that drives me every every day and I suppose just just to cap it off like we're talking now on that international stage um, there's a potential tournament something that's been kind of floated in the air about potentially Six Nations team has there been much chat amongst the lads about that or is that something that you'd like to see yeah it's definitely something I'd like to see there hasn't been much chat about that at all because you know up until a couple of weeks ago we didn't know that these you know there was potential November or games in August and pro series in August so um, it will, will will be a massive motivating factor probably when it comes to those games in terms of you know performance getting yourself in there um, for the Ireland um, spot and stuff so you know you, you can never take your place for granted it's certainly you'd see a mix up of a squad from what you saw in the Six Nations to a potential November um, series if there is one the German Bundesliga kicked us all back to watching sport regularly a few weeks ago. However, what was looking like a promising title race fell rather flat as Bayern Munich got power to their eighth league title in a row. I spoke to Carlo native Ronan Murphy, journalist with Gold.com, about the league's restart. And the other day, I had him on the line again to talk about what he made of German football's time in the limelight. So, Ronan, I suppose we we were you were our first guest on Sportsbeat Extra a, a a few a few weeks ago. Um, it's been a long few weeks since because that time we were looking forward to the return of the Bundesliga and it was kind of the first major European league um, and now things are pretty much certainly at the top of the table um, done and dusted um, Bayern winning the title the other day um, I suppose for yourself was it a bit disappointing that the season kind of turned out to be a bit of a damn squib um, because you know there was it looked like there could have been a bit of a title race on Yeah I think it was and especially with kind of the eyes of the world turned to the Bundesliga when there was no other football on. It would have been the perfect season for someone else maybe to win the league or at least go down to the wire and challenge for the league. Because there for a while it looked like there might be maybe three or four, even five teams in the title race. But again, it's Bayern Munich, their eighth league title in a row. It's 
kind of the most in Europe at the moment. Juventus are going for their ninth, but yeah, it kind of it doesn't help the neutral stay with the Bundesliga if they weren't kind of watching it already. Yeah, I suppose that's the thing, and particularly that game between the two of them, it was billed to be, you know, the 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 huge one, and I suppose Borussia Dortmund never really kind of turned up in the game Bayern wanted comfortably enough and that was kind of the turning point um, did you find I suppose you know being a Bundesliga fan yourself you're probably your mouth was watering at the prospect of kind of so many eyes on the league um, did you find that people kind of stuck with it or was it a case where literally it was that that first game almost that game with um, Schalke and um, and Borussia Dortmund and it was, it was that was it then because I know there was over a billion people uh, apparently watched that first game yeah, I think initially they had great numbers, and even in the UK they had, in here in Ireland they had good numbers to begin with. But after a while, I suppose people the novelty wore off, and people weren't familiar with some of the names that were playing. And they probably beat Bayern Munich and, and the likes of Leipzig from the Champions League. But Schalke, it, unless you're interested, it's kind of a hard one to 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 tune into just because you like football essentially. But I think. As time went on, less and less people started to watch. But I, I, some people probably have stuck around, and maybe because of things like fantasy Bundesliga, when there was no fancy Premier League and different stuff, different kind of things like that. So I think maybe some of the people will kind of stick around in the long run. But there's probably a few new fans. But the majority of people, as soon as their own favourite league starts to come back, they probably switched off and are now back watching Premier League or La Liga or whatever else they're interested in. Tell us now for those who are who are still watching or who might want to still follow. Obviously, all tied up at the top. Relatively, I know that there's a battle between uh, Leipzig, Leverkusen, and Borussia Mönchengladbach for that third position. But um, I suppose at the bottom is is really where it's happening. The potential of Werder Bremen going down, a club that a lot of people know. I think Claudio Pizarro's former club, if I remember correctly. So um, a pretty a pretty big club. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not only his former club; it's his current club. He's current back club. there for I oh. think I think the fifth or sixth time he might be back as the team. He, he came off the bench against Bayern Munich and he nearly scored a last minute equaliser to win the title there during the week. So he's still going strong at forty one. If we all could get to that age, because, <laughs> yeah, it will be it will be it will be a huge loss to the public thing to have a team of their kind of caliber down because they're. They have a huge history in, in Germany and even in Europe. They were in what the Europa League final, I think, 12, 11, 12 years ago, and mm. they won the Cup Winners' Cup back in the 90s when that was still around. If your listeners are old enough to remember that, but yeah, they're, they're a big club and it would be shocking kind of to, to see them relegated. So they have two games left kind of to save themselves. They're, they're a point behind staying up or the, the playoff players. So. They kind of need to, to at least get a win over the next week or two. Yeah, a point behind Dusseldorf. And, and speaking of Dusseldorf, um, four games, four cities in in Germany to 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 take the uh, the Europa League uh, final stages. Um, I know that the uh, Champions League is taking place only in Lisbon, but uh, Cologne, Duisburg, Deus, um, Dusseldorf, and Gelsenkirchen um, between the tenth and the twenty first of first of August. Um, what's the reaction to that in Germany? Because I know that you were saying when we were talking a few weeks ago. People were maybe a little bit hesitant about bringing back football, and now you're talking about bringing in international teams, or is it just so far down the line that people aren't worried about it? I think there is still sort of somewhat of concern. Obviously, the fan groups that had proposed that kind of protested football coming back in the first place are still against football coming back, and especially the teams from foreign countries, all the staff that they'll bring with them coming 
overall and kind of the show showcase the efficiency essentially the the, the, the cliche and efficiency of, of Germany and how they can run things in that part of the country. So they they are hoping that it will be a success and yeah, obviously there won't be any coronavirus being spread because of this, but they they are hopeful that it it will kind of showcase what they can do well and and that maybe in future it'll help them win maybe more Champions League finals or, or Europa League finals or even more European and World Cups. We're speaking, uh, recording today on the uh, Thursday. Um, Timo Werner has just signed for Chelsea 60 million euros. Um, if rumours are to be believed because of the release clause, um, first of all, is he worth 60 million euros? He probably is. You you wouldn't, maybe wouldn't have said it in today's market with coronavirus and prices, you expected prices to go down and that there wouldn't be any more 100 million euro or 100 million pound transfers anymore, but to him that Clubs are carrying on as normal, so the fees haven't gone down anymore. So relative to last summer's prices, he's definitely worth the, the money. So uh, I, I think he, he will be a success at Chelsea. It just depends whether the time on the wing or front, and how Lampard will fit him into the setup. Especially with Hakim Ziyech coming from Ajax as well, so they should have a, a much more exciting attack because I think scoring goals is one of their big problems this year. That they're, they're forward after Tommy Abraham had a great start kind of he kind of disappeared for a while and that part wasn't sure what to do up front Olivier Giroud ended up playing but he's kind of only a, a stopgap measure so the, the, Timo Werner should be someone that will provide great goals for them so he should be a success he, he should be a good signing for Chelsea Five Counties One Big Sports Show Sports Beat Extra And speaking of the Premier League Gavin Cooney from the 42 is usually found nailed down in front of the TV furiously scribbling sarky comments for his brilliant TV rap series. So for him, not much has really changed. All jokes aside, though, Gavin and the 42s worked as respected around the country, and he took time from a busy Saturday to tell us a bit more behind the new normal of live TV coverage of the world's biggest league. There was probably just about enough on for my snide armchair criticism uh, to, uh, to be directed to. You see, it's not, like, these comments, they're not just, uh, they're not just football, really. They, they're, Mostly football, because that's what I watch most often. But, uh, you know, there were bits and pieces, like The Last Dance, uh, that, that godforsaken Lance Armstrong documentary was on during the lockdown. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's always good to, with all the nostalgia that was uh, being mined, it was good to go back and look at punditry in the days of uh, of baggy blazers and massive saucer glasses. Yeah, I mean the uh, the particularly enjoyed the uh, the Euro '96 or uh, stuff that was on uh, ITV. I remember watching it and seeing like you know a lot, not just the players, because you're thinking, God, these are guys that that I knew. But I mean, we're we're around the same age, so we would have grown up seeing these guys. But this was kind of them just before we kind of got it seeing them regularly. But Jamie Mack, the the, the clobber on some of the some of the pundits is is out of this world. <laughs> Um, I mean, tell us, uh, I suppose, um, like, what have you enjoyed the most in terms of the, the coverage that's kind of been in the, in the interim? I mean, some of the documentaries out were, were <laughs> varying, uh, as you say, the Lance Armstrong one, um, on definitely the lower end of the spectrum. But is there something that you kind of got to catch up to watch? Or is there something that you kind of, a game that you went back to and you're like, I'm God, I really, really enjoyed that? Uh, oh, well, the last dance. Uh, the Michael Jordan slash Chicago Bulls documentary on Netflix. I just fell totally in love with it. Now, I think the main reason I liked it, I think, was because it was the only real thing I had to remind me it was Monday. It was my only <laughs> way of telling what day and or time it was. Because usually, and I, I think you will relate to this and a lot of your listeners will relate to this, 
you organise your life around football matches, you know? Like, mm. I mean, they're, they're like the fixed thing and then you rotate everything around it. So the signifier of, like, of Friday was like, oh, Man United, Tottenham. And, like, so, and the signifier is Sunday, Liverpool, Everton. Um, so that's how, that's how I structure my life and that's how I remember the main events of my life, depending on what game was on that day. Uh, so the last dance did help uh, remind you that time is a linear concept that keeps on going rather than some kind of some kind of endless circular hell that uh, that it kind of sometimes felt like under under the, the more stringent days of the lockdown. I think that's uh, that's uh, one of the first signs of addiction, isn't it? That you kind of relate everything in your life back to the addiction that you have in the first place. But um... oh god, that's <laughs> hitting, that, is, that is hitting far too close to home. Can I mention <laughs> one other thing that I absolutely loved? Actually. Yes. That I came across during the lockdown that I hadn't seen, and it, uh, you triggered it. You triggered it in my mind by mentioning Euro '96. ITV played out an interview they did with Alex Ferguson and Kevin Keegan. Um, so this was, pre- I think, '96. This was after the collapse, you know. The and he he had, uh, Keegan had done his finger jabbing to Sky. He was like, "I'll love it if we beat them, love it." And then down Wembley Way, ITV found Ferguson and Keegan together. And Keegan was being, you know, nice and polite and friendly as he always is, like an eminently reasonable man. But Ferguson had this massive SH1T eating grin on his face, <laughs> lording it over Keegan. And at one point, he literally patted him on the head. And <laughs> in that 30 seconds, you could see, like that 30 second clip essentially was the Ferguson era for United encapsulated in a short, in a short week clip. Absolutely amazing. Uh, that's, uh, that's my other memory from lockdown. Uh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad the, the the pandemic has allowed you to discover that absolute nugget. Yeah, there's there's some absolutely brilliant stuff. Uh, particularly going back, I watching some of the football Italia stuff with Paul Gascoigne in it, and, and a young, very young James Richardson. It's just absolute gold mine TV. Um, I suppose speaking of United past, now we're speaking of United present and more TV gold. I suppose last night, Roy Keane as he is inclined to do. Um, uh, you know, he's not, Roy isn't shy of a bit of hyperbole in fairness, fairness to him from time to time. Um, so, I mean, there's the, kind of this debate going on at the moment, like where, where we're, you know, before it was, you know, uh, do you watch it? You know, do you watch it with what commentator or what goes on? Now the big debate is, do you watch it with the fan noise or without the fan noise? Gavin, what camp are you in? I'm a, I'm a fan noise guy. Okay. <laughs> say. I mean, I'm... I'm I'm, I'm every now and again I'm freaked out by how deep into the twilight zone I've gone now and how easily I'm tricked by the fan noise. Really, but I'm into it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally. Uh, into I, it. I have to say now, I I be I am big into it, and I particularly loved it in Germany. I don't know, was it just the sound they were using a different sound in Germany? I was watching Mainz, and I was watching it actually on um, French TV um, to try and keep the practice going, and uh, they were they were doing it with the crowd noise, whereas BT weren't doing it with the crowd noise, and. Mm. Uh, I thought the German one was really good, but when I watched um, Southampton and Norwich uh, last night, the first goal, there was a good like three or four second delay between the actual goal going in and the crowd noise. And it, it just felt really weird. Like even the, yeah. the, the like Southampton scored three times and when they scored their third, there was this enormous eruption from the crowd, you know, at Carrow Road where their side was being beaten 3-0. And you're kind of thinking, mm, yeah. like... <laughs> uh, but like we've totally surrendered ourselves to technology, like. So like... That, like, that was in evidence the Sheffield United Aston Villa game when the ball clearly crossed the line but because the tech was on the fritz everyone just didn't believe what we saw with our own eyes because the machine does are watching for us and now the machine does are listening for us as well I'm into it no I, I am kind of into it I won't nerd you out too much but how it works is like so these so you'll um, 
I'm not. I'm using the royal you here, not you specifically, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, some people out there will have um, insulted Liverpool fans or Man United fans or Arsenal fans uh, for singing too much about the past. But if you watch these games now uh, with a fake crowd noise, you're hearing Liverpool fans, Man United fans, and Arsenal fans, and so on, literally singing from the past. <laughs> so these are all sounds that were recorded for a few years ago. Um, at games uh, and then Sky record these things and then they send them on to EA Sports for their FIFA video game so if you play Liverpool against United uh, at Anfield on FIFA you're, it'll be soundtracked to sounds heard in the ground during previous editions of that fixture in real life so they're now taking that back and that's what uh, they're using on Sky so that's like the you know imagine like that's the low that's, the, that's like an audio bed that's always playing and then they've got a sound mixer on live who will uh, who will then react to what's happening in the game by adding in other specific beds for what's happening? Um, sorry, for exactly what's happening in the game. So goal goes in, they'll essentially press the goal button. Uh, if there's a counter attack, they'll put in what Sky told me uh, is called an anticipation bed. So that's how it all works. So bed. I need one of those for my for my own show. I feel like if if we get one just before I go on air, you know, they kind of ramp up the anticipation from the crowd before we actually go live. What they what they really need, Kev, is like an Alan Partridge series of hot feet. You know, like back of the neck. Yeah, go. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but look, Kevin, thanks so much for joining us. Enjoy the rest of the football. I know that you're uh, you're in until eleven tonight on the shift. So, uh, Godspeed and uh, thanks a million for joining us. Hopefully, we'll have you on soon when the Premier League kind of wraps up. We can talk a little bit about how everything worked um, and how you what you made of it. And in the meantime, if you do find any more gold clips for ninety six, don't be afraid to link them on. Great stuff. Thanks, Kevin. Sports Beat Extra. Beats 102-103. So that's all from this week's Sports Beat Extra. Remember, you can listen back on beat102103.com forward slash podcasts. Now, Trish is getting your Saturday into gear. She's up next with Beat Anthems.